1: Everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one,
0: the only Miss Tabitha Coffee. I need to come on more often. I love that introduction.
1: I mean, listen, sometimes people don't really deserve that. In this case, Tabitha, you deserve it. Come on now. Welcome.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you here. First of all, happy birthday month. This is your birthday month.
0: It is my birthday month. I actually forgot, but yes, yes, it is. I don't know if I want to remember or forget. You're a Taurus, huh? I am a Taurus in every sense of the word for those of the people out there that follow astrology.
1: Well, I am a Gemini. So Taurus and Gemini get along, yeah, I think. Totally. Totally. I don't know about to date, but, you know, just as friends, we, we can get along. <laughs> I'm not sure we would date anyway. For I don't think
0: we would date either. But, you know, it's an interesting concept.
1: It's an interesting concept. There's a lot of reasons why. We'll get into all of that later. Now, I am in New York City. Are you across the river in
0: New Jersey? I am. in lovely Jersey.
1: Are you in Ridgewood? Is that where you live?
0: No, I don't. I live in Bergen County. My business was in Ridgewood. I actually live right across um, the river. Right there. I can see you. You can see me. Now, how does a nice
1: Australian girl who starts cutting hair at a young age, listen, I love my Jersey. There's, there's nothing I love more. I'm in Jersey all the time, but how do you end up in New Jersey?
0: So the small version of the story is my, I was living in London and my mom remarried and moved to New Jersey and I was ready for a change I had this dream (laughs) that I was going to come to America and I was going to do Thelma and Louise not drive off the cliff but I was going to meet someone or meet some friends and drive cross-country and do this whole like road trip across America and then probably end up maybe flying back to Australia and it didn't work out like that I ended up in New Jersey I went to work because I couldn't make friends you know it was like where she lived everyone was older and married or kids and it was really hard to make friends so I went to work to try and make friends and ended up just building this amazing business and great clientele and there you go
1: how was that when you couldn't make friends
0: well New York became my friend I mean I I lived in New Jersey but I lived in Manhattan and I love New York it's such an incredible city and I love it for all different different ways Um, but yeah it was a lot of fun.
1: Well I mean the good news is like you just did you just work all the time then when you were running this business besides coming into New York were you just like work 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 building a business?
0: Oh I totally worked all the time I mean it was building a clientele and trying to navigate my way around living in a different country and Yeah, there was a lot. So New Jersey was honestly where I slept and my clients were. And I I love New Jersey. I really do. But New York was where I had fun and went out and met people and actually made friends and had a really good time.
1: So you're working all the time. New York is your friend. You're going out and having fun. Life is good. So how do we get to 2008 Share genius what goes through your mind like do you do you contact it are you like how do you apply how, how do you get involved
0: i kind of hate saying this sometimes because it feels so easy and it was so i always put it down to it was meant to be there was an agency that i worked with for a manufacturer that i did education and photo shoots and things for and they sent out this mass casting to everyone on the books i guess hey reality show, hairdressers, competition, apply here. Reality was really new then. We didn't have a lot of benchmarks to look at. Top Chef was actually like the big competitive show at the time. And that made it really interesting to me. My curiosity was piqued, I'm competitive. I love to shake up the tree and do something different that stretches me and makes me get outside my comfort zone. And I thought, why not? So it was in lovely New York. It was a Sunday and I made this deal with myself. I told no one. So I didn't tell my, my team. I didn't tell my partner. I didn't tell anyone, but every Sunday I would go to brunch with my mom and my partner. So I just said, we're making a pit stop. It'll be an hour. Go grab a coffee. I'll be an hour. And then we'll go have brunch. And that was my deal. If it took more than an hour, I wasn't standing around. And, yeah, I was actually whisked inside. I don't know why. Um, A producer came and said, come inside, sat down, spoke to the casting producer, went back to the car, told my mother and my partner they thought it was hilarious, got the call the next day to come back and talk.
1: Where did your mother and partner think you were going? Like just did they just to entertain yourself for an hour
0: I just said I have to go I've I've got a work thing to do which is so normal for me there was always a, there was always another work thing so I was like oh it was a work thing and I was at a salon so you know they didn't even question it
1: were you in a long I know these sound like crazy questions were you like in a long line and they said get but out I mean, of that yeah, line
0: I mean they were it wasn't huge but it wasn't. Like, you were pulled out of it it wasn't like going to the china club on a monday night but it was right. a, a good healthy line of people
1: so there you are you got on the show and what was it like like back then because like you said like we didn't have a lot i mean we had like survivor and you know things yeah. like that but
0: i was like idiotic. i mean it was you know it The experience was amazing because it really took me outside of my comfort zone. And I am a creature of habit. The horrible thing of it, or the challenging thing, is that you live with people you don't know, in an environment you don't know, in a place that you would never live. And you're together 24-7. So we had one bathroom for 12 people. They were bunk beds. They were like Ikea bunk beds that they put together and it was three to a room. Like you live in this experience, especially if you're older, that you wouldn't want to live in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally.
0: puts this whole other level on it beyond the competition and the personalities and you're tired because you're filming all day. Like there's all these different layers to it
1: right like in no other situation would you be living with all these people in a bunk bed that's ikea at a certain okay. age
0: no and you can't do anything so you have no cell phone no computer no outside communication you're not allowed to call a friend and go oh my god this sucks i you know i can't right. say i want to come home you're isolated
1: you're right. in a bubble well it worked out pretty well you came in third place
0: oh no i was eliminated didn't you come in third? No, I was eliminated. I won fan favorite.
1: You, I, that's, well, yes, I, you did.
0: I, I was eliminated.
1: You were eliminated. I thought that you were eliminated third, though, from the end. Maybe not. I thought you went pretty far.
0: Oh, I did. I went to, like, yeah. the second or third episode. Yeah. getting Which is fine, because I essentially won.
1: <laughs> Listen, if, if someone asks me who won Sheer Genius... The whole three seasons, I mean, I think the only name that, listen, Christian Siriano is who we talk about from Project Runway and Tabitha Coffey is who we talk about from Sheer Genius. So, yes, you did win fan favorite. Now, I mean, were you shocked when you won fan favorite?
0: I was totally gobsmacked. I had no idea. I mean, you know, the whole thing was just this wild ride and it was part of the experience. So it was actually my birthday. When we filmed the get-together and I won fan-favorite, it was my birthday. Wow. It was just a laugh. You know, it was, again, just kind of getting back with these people. It was all over. It was on TV. We were getting people's reactions. I didn't think I was going to win fan-favorite.
1: Were you like, well, wait a second, I'm the one that just says whatever's on my mind and I'm not actually overly polite to certain people. Like, how is it that I'm fan-favorite?
0: It was really interesting because people's reaction to me was visceral people loved me or they hated me it felt like there was no middle ground to it and it was such a visceral reaction that i honestly didn't think i would win fan favorite because as much love and support i got which was great i got a bunch of hate as well
1: yes yes and yes well, I was one of the ones that loved you dearly. I mean, like, I'm a self-respecting gay man. So, like, what is there not to love about an Australian woman who just says what is on her mind? So, for me, it was love. What is it like being around the icon that is on Smith? Well, it
0: was fine. I mean, honestly, that...
1: You didn't interact much.
0: There was no interaction with her you know she she was Jacqueline Smith she was a judge she was on the judge's panel so there was really not a lot of interaction I mean I thought she was fabulous but it's not like we had coffee and yeah you know, like, just think of that ass there, yeah.
1: Charlie's angels you know. Were you always this outspoken ever since you were, I mean, speaking of winning fan favorite for your being out, like, were you this way as a child? And I think it's great. I'm kind of very similar, but, or did it just appear at some point? Is is this what happened when you moved to New Jersey?
0: No, this happened pre-New Jersey. This is, I can't blame New Jersey on being outspoken. Okay. Um, New Jersey actually toned me down, if you can believe that. I cannot believe that. Yeah, it turned the volume down. Um, I've been pretty outspoken for a long time I haven't had a problem with um speaking up and standing up for myself and saying what's on my mind sometimes not always done in the most constructive way when I was young could have come across a little angry um and that's okay we grow as we get older we learn but yeah I I'm outspoken
1: I it. Well, then you return to normal life, so to speak, after Shared Genius, after winning fan favorite, and like you went back to your salon and just were like, okay, let's start working again. Then a year later, what happens? How does this I mean, do you get a call from Andy Cohn? Like, how does Tabitha's Salon? You didn't
0: even a year later, actually. I I mean in real world time. Yeah. A year later, I went back to work. Show just finished, I think, wrapped up. It was a couple of months later. And yes, I got a call from Bravo saying, could you come into the office? And I thought, oh, they're calling me in and they're probably going to give a t-shirt like, thanks for playing and rip up the contract. I don't know. Right. I had no idea. So yeah, I was like, sure. I'll come in and meet with you and sat down. Andy was actually there and sat down with one of the heads at Bravo and Andy, and they asked me if I'd be interested in doing a show.
1: So what does, I mean, what's one say to that? Are you just like, holy shit? I mean, you could swear on here, by the way.
0: Well, of course one says yes. I mean, it took two seconds to say yes, and then the next question was, but because I didn't want, I didn't want my life disrupted. I didn't want my business disrupted or my team disrupted. I experienced firsthand what it was like to be on TV and the visceral reaction people had and how they responded to you and what they said about you. And it, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, so I didn't want my, especially my clients to have cameras and things on them. And I didn't want my team to go through that either so we started after the initial meeting talk about what it would look like and what i wanted to do and what i felt i could do and kind of turn me on and then that's how the show was developed
1: when they initially called you was the show possibly going to be like your partner or your clients like yeah. before no it was never that i was just like let's come up I, with an idea i
0: honestly don't think it was to be honest it was i said yes straight away and then my butt came in and everyone in the meeting you know the bravo people god bless them and andy were like fine whatever you want whatever you want to do
1: wow that's 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 pretty good so how involved were you in coming up with the concept like was they concept-
0: involved i was really i was really lucky that i was partnered with an amazing production company and production team and Bravo were really collaborative and the production company were really collaborative. So we talked about what it was I did in my real life and, and how I lived my life and my passion I have for the industry and the things that I do. And that's how the show was shaped and what happened. So then you start
1: filming the show. How was that? Was it just like love at first sight? Were you like, this is great?
0: For me, it was love at first sight. It was, I had no idea what I was doing. I don't think, I I honestly don't think the production team had any idea. They knew what they were doing because they knew how to make TV. But we didn't know what it was. And yes, for me, it was just love at first sight. I mean, put me in a room full of hairdressers or business owners give me a subject that I'm passionate about, something that I do really well and just let me go.
1: Yes. Just let you go. And then, you know, Tabitha salon takeover became Tabitha's takeover. Did you know like you were good? Like, did you have that like business acumen before? I mean, I know you were running your own business, but like, were you aware of it that you were good at this? Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I
0: I knew that yes because again I'm passionate about it and I study a lot and I you don't know what you don't know so I would learn the things that I didn't know to make sure that I was set up well in my career and my business and I had been an educator some would call it a coach right the trendy word at the moment for years because that's what I did I helped other business owners in my profession. I trained them on upskilling and the things they needed to learn. So it was just with cameras.
1: You were already doing it essentially. Yeah. What is there one case like out of all these salons and businesses you took over later we had Tabitha's we had relative success with Tabitha where you came and took over family businesses Was there one, is there one or two that stick out of just like, man, they were all messed up, but these people were just the worst.
0: Honestly, there were so many. I still keep in contact with people. You do? I I actually had an email from someone yesterday that I took over in season one. So, you know, I'm still, I still see, especially the hairdressers at hair shows and events they have my personal information. So we communicate and I see them sometimes. Um, there were a lot that stood out for different reasons. You know, sometimes just because of, I know the behind the scenes stuff of how challenging that was to maybe get the reno done or the logistics of what we went through. Yeah. And it's because, yeah, I didn't care for them that much. But if I didn't care for them, you all saw it at home.
1: You know, and everyone when you walk in is like, oh, shit, she's here. So how, I mean, not uh, how real, because I mean, I understand how like reality TV works and they really were afraid of you.
0: And I I will not tell you how, um, because it was genius, honestly, and it took us a minute to be able to keep that element of surprise and, The production company that I worked with and the team of people around were so great at getting me in and out of places that I would be there sometimes and people didn't even know I was there. And I'm hard to hide, let's face it. So that element of surprise, I get that it's TV, but when I walked in and everyone was there, they really didn't know that I was coming until you see that look on their faces.
1: It, like right like real time being shot real like time. holy shit there you are and sometimes you would go in like multiple times to the place and just be in disguise and they wouldn't know you were there
0: I'm not telling you anything
1: well I mean the fact that it was in real time tells me something that's like interesting it's, it was
0: in real time I mean we we shot it was a it was a beast to make the show because it was shot in real time. And it wasn't it wasn't situational like, you know, some of the other shows you see now that you know a party's coming, an event, or you know this is gonna happen. This was real shit that happened in real time and you just had to flow with it and move through it. And sometimes it was a nightmare. Sometimes it was television gold, right? It yeah. you didn't quite know what you were getting.
1: And there was never even in the beginning, just a situation where you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is a hard one. You just, you just knew how to solve it all.
0: Um, no, there. I mean, no, there were those times, but we also showed it. It's one of the things that I really loved is we, you know, there were a couple of times that I walked out and I really walked out and there were producers begging me to come back in. And I was, being obstinate and saying, no, I'm not I'm not going back in. I don't want to do this. Um, but it was, yeah, it was. It was real time and it's one of the things that I'm really proud of about the show and I think the thing that people like about it when they watch it, you can tell.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, is there any other way that you know how to be as far as like, you know, because it was tough love, which I think is wise. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I am who I am. So if you, if you try and put me in a box, it's the worst thing you can do for me is trying to force me to do something that doesn't feel genuine or, or authentic to me. I'm not good with disingenuous.
1: Well, that's what I think made the shows, all three of them so great, is just that you were you, you weren't like, you didn't become a caricature of yourself. Are you? I mean, speaking of which, like, are you shocked at how much the Bravo Network has changed? Like this little network that could that you were on.
0: Yeah, it it's amazing. It's amazing to see Bravo now and see see how it's changed and the way it's changed. It is different. It's different. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's different from how it was. I was there, not in the beginning, but pretty close to. The evolution of bravo um and even just little things like seeing watch what happens live i mean it was a little thing that andy used to stream on his computer from his office right that was kind of the conception of it It was like a vlog that he yeah. did, and now look at it it's amazing
1: what was it like you know like you said like it was like you and like Jackie warner patty stanger throwing a vicky gumbelson here and there rachel zoe i mean these were jeff lewis these were classic days i mean what was it like like and who were the bravo celebrities you were friends with
0: um it was amazing honestly it really was it was amazing i loved it and friends is a strong word Okay, yes, Like Friends is a strong word because it kind of makes you think, we again sit down and have coffee and shit on the phone and do all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have a bad relationship with anyone, but I didn't see everyone all the time or communicate with them, partly because Bravo at that time, like all the people you mentioned, we were all standalone people. Right. We didn't have, We weren't housewives where we had a whole group of entourage and other people. It was like Patty had Patty's show and I had my show and Jeff had hit right So yeah we, we filmed so much that when you weren't filming, you were in post-production but getting ready to go back into production again. So and for me, I traveled all the time. I would leave home. So, when I finished filming, all I wanted to do was come home and just come back to my partner and my dog and my house and my business and kind of recalibrate before I started again. And
1: I think the difference was like it was like a docu series. Like you guys had legitimate Patty, you, Jeff, Rachel, Zoe. Like you all had real, true businesses that were being run
0: mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. Sometimes, like for me, mine was on the side because I right. was helping other people.
1: So then, you know, you became this bona fide Bravo celebrity, three shows, shared genius. Like, so, I mean, you're in the public eye. You've written books, done nationwide speaking tours. So, like, how did the fame, like, what was, you know, how did that change you? Like, did it change you? Like, what was it like? Was it, you know, were you thrilled to be famous? Like, how did the fame play into it? You walk down the street in New York, your favorite place, and you go to Starbucks. I'm sure that's not a quiet experience all the time.
0: Um. It's interesting. You know, I think think it's interesting. I'm really grateful that I was older when it happened. I think if I was young, it would fuck with your head. So I see young celebrities or like real celebrities that are young and go, oh, yeah, I, I get why you are going down this path. Because people do know you because they've seen you, especially on reality TV, they feel like they know you. But So they feel like they have no boundaries. So people like follow you into the bathroom or one of the craziest, not only the craziest, like I had stalkers and people showing up every time I was at an event or bringing me things or my mother passed away and I was in church morning. It was the first time, right? And it was really special for me. It was a specific church. There was this whole thing to it. And I'm like crying, having a visceral reaction. And people are sitting in the church taking cell phone pictures and just no sense of any kind of boundary. Um yeah. and realizing that you're a living, breathing, three-dimensional human being. So it was interesting. I think the interesting thing is how people would call me a bitch all the time, you know, and that became um good and bad instead of you could call me the hairdresser, the blonde, the Australian, the outspoken one, all these different things. And it was always, you're that bitch from TV. Oh my God, you're that bitch on TV. And that was really interesting for me.
1: People said that to you like in person? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have any like crazy fan stories. I mean, other than like, you know, we're just like you said, like one person follows you around to like every event or like I had someone once told me that like one of their fans, was some soap opera actor that they bought him a dog and he's like, it's a living dog. Like I don't want a dog.
0: I had someone that would show up. I was filming and we were in another city and, you know, once the word gets out, it's all quiet until I've essentially taken over a business and then you know people start talking about it yeah and this person found out the hotel where we were filming and kind of the times that we were coming and going and would be at the hotel every single day every day for three weeks
1: just to say hi every day
0: yeah Yeah. I mean, they would bake cookies and bring me gifts and every day for three weeks without missing a day.
1: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, do people think you're going to become friends? Like, I, I tell people you're never, it doesn't work that way. Like, a fan does not become, a, just it doesn't work that way. Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90 day money back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to badlandsranchcom ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc style sandals, I embrace those feel good summer vibes all year long.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of those experiences where, yes, people show up um, and sometimes people have found me in hotels and tracked me down and my phone has rung in a hotel and they're on the phone with me, which is really uncomfortable because if you're in a city like Manhattan, right, or Chicago and someone has tracked down the hotel you're at, That's weird. It's a little weird. I have a lot of hotels to get to the one that you're in. That's a little weird. Yeah.
1: What about because you live in New Jersey? You know, I have to ask the obvious question. You know, you do, do you know, you know, the Carolyn Manzo, Teresa? Do you know any of our housewife friends?
0: I've met them. So, I I mean, I know is a little stretch. Yeah. Um, I've met them all because I actually live less than 10 minutes away um, from Margaret. So I see Margaret Margaret. a lot, actually, (laughs) interestingly, because we shop at the same market and we're in the same, like we live in the same area. So we go to the same grocery stores and things like that. So I see Margaret. She very graciously just sent me her new book, which was very sweet of her. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I see them. But again, we're not friends.
1: I, I know Margaret well. I could see you guys being friends.
0: Margaret and I, I could see. I could see Margaret and I being friends. I yeah, like, she's she's funny and no bullshit and seems low drama from what I see. Yeah, I, she's a businesswoman, which I I love and appreciate that she has this business. So I could see Margaret and I, yeah, having coffee. Having yeah, we've talked about it.
1: I, I could see it too. Well. What if they came calling? Would you ever be a real housewife of New Jersey?
0: (laughs) Would you like me to be a real housewife of New Jersey?
1: I would actually love it, Tabitha. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of listeners that might love it just as well. Notice that I can't even keep a straight face when I'm asking you this question.
0: you're cracking up.
1: As you start laughing. But I mean, yes, there's nothing I would like more. You just said you'd be friends with Margaret. I mean, you know... You have to speak up on the housewives. You have no problem doing that. Uh,
0: You know, this question comes up a lot and I have learned never to say never because every time I do it bites me in the ass. So I will never say never. Although, can I imagine being a housewife? No. I just really can't. You can't? I can't. No. I could see it. I could see it. Maybe a friend? I don't know. I I can't imagine I can't imagine being a housewife.
1: What bites you in the ass when you say no? They say what? You're turning your back on the network that gave you a start? I mean I can't see no. No, no, no. Uh, I
0: I I just mean I've learned in life that when I say I'll never do that or that will never happen.
1: It happens
0: inevitably it happens so i've learned to never use that generalized broad statement i'm putting
1: it out in the universe putting it out there i know a lot of them i think you would be good i mean yeah
0: andy asked me jokingly we did we did like a little thing at the holidays like a little new year's thing that i was on and i think that's one of the things andy asked me And then we cracked up. It was kind of like you. He asked me the question and then we both just laughed and laughed. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, the one thing you would probably have to do is you'd have to get some leopard in your wardrobe.
0: Oh, I have a jacket. You do? I do. I do.
1: Where did this wearing all black come from? I like it. But where did that did that
0: start when you were young? Yeah, it, well, it's a very hairdresser thing, right? Anyone that knows a hairdresser knows that the majority of us wear black, if not all the time, a lot. So it's actually a hairdresser thing because when you wear black, it doesn't take away from a client. So you're, you're this neutral canvas and it doesn't detract from what a client's wearing or make their hair colour look weird, right? So there's this whole psychology why hairdressers wear black.
1: Interesting.
0: And I worked all the time and I traveled a lot for work. So it was just easy to have everything black, right? Lots of different texture because I like interesting black. So different textures and things that I could cross over that I could throw in a suitcase and go without worrying about, you know, does this color go with that? And I need this belt and all of those things. And then as work became more of a thing, it just became all black and now I'm comfortable. I have a little color on for you today though. There's a little color I see it first in the black today, and I've worn
1: black for you today.
0: I know, I love it. And one time, I
1: think it, was it a slumber party? One time on the show, I think you wore pink. I think it was wasn't it a slumber party. Yeah,
0: because I wear color to bed. You I do mean, I wear pajamas that are like corny, cheesy pajamas with like little unicorns and shit all over them. I love so, that. Yeah. Totally.
1: You're channeling your inner gay man when you go to bed at night, aren't you? I love it. Well, okay. What is your favorite color? I mean, let's put black aside. What would your favorite color be? Pink. Me too.
0: Totally. Totally pink. All shades of, all variations of it.
1: Me too. Love pink. Love it. My apartment is all gray it's like literally 50 shades of gray and then the only pop of color is pink on the wall pink with a tiny bit of orange here we are today but pink is a good one if you did become a housewife what would your tagline be
0: oh i don't fucking know let's spend my time thinking about what my tagline would be (laughs) i just i want to will
1: this into existence so much you do you could hang out with Teresa. It would be, what about, you know, like on a serious note, you know, and I'm not counting, I don't know if you watch all the housewives or up on housewives. Like I'm not counting Bronwyn Wyndham Burke. I don't even know if you know who that is. She, I'm going to put her aside. She came out on the OC last season.
0: Yeah. 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 I know. Okay.
1: But there's, that's a whole thing. But
0: has there ever been a lesbian housewife?
1: no that's what i was going to say so i mean there hasn't been so
0: right there hasn't been yeah
1: there has not been so for diversity and inclusion i fo- i mean it's about time first of all
0: totally we need a lesbian housewife we do i mean there should be we should represent not just what mainstream think is the normal right family unit and we should show diversity in all of that
1: I think with all these cities you mean to tell me you can't have I mean there, I, you could probably I mean, have seriously. to yeah you couldn't even choose one like you'd have you'd limit it down and you'd be like we have seven options that are just so on point
0: The gay version of housewives
1: Tabitha I've been so wanting to t-
0: be amazing so the gay version of housewives right Totally inclusive, LGBTQ plus representation in a housewife sphere. That's a new show concept right there. Okay. Well,
1: let me edit that part out of this and keep that to yourself. You're Tabitha Coffee. So you go and you work all your connections and here's your first person that's cast. I've been saying this for years. I don't care what network it's on, whatever they want. I'm low maintenance. I know how it works sign on the dotted line or move along and we'll take the next person. I get it. Sign me up to And if you want to be on it too, you could. If not, you just stay behind the scenes and you just pull the puppet strings and I'll do whatever you want me to do. So it's a show. It's really a show.
0: It really is. It's a show.
1: It's a show because like there's been like they're, they've attempted like logos attempted to do the gay version way back it in didn't the day. Work. No. And, and they and I, did it with I the don't wrong think people.
0: The time has changed now. So yeah. I think to do I think to do something that is LGBTQ plus skewed with because we've changed the idea of a family dynamic and what people look at and we've changed as a community as well. And I think if we show that um, and Bravo would be an amazing place to do it, actually, it would be a really great show
1: yeah like the logo version was like these gay men but then they went to fire island and like we yeah, need to show right
0: we it need needs to, to be stuff. fully
1: actualized like real life yeah, we,
0: need, we need to not do the performative piece we need to do the real what actually happens in real life yes right and there's drama and all that other stuff in there but we need to do the real life version not the stereotypical you know
1: i've been saying version. this for years so thank you for understanding me What was I gonna say? What about you know? Andy always does these, like you said, like when you're back on. He always does these polls, like you know, who's the scariest or who who would you be the scaredest of? And he asks other Bravo celebrities. It's usually like you're usually a choice: Jackie Warner, Patty Stanger. Are you are you the baddest bitch of them all of all these Bravo celebrities, Tabitha?
0: I think I'm the baddest bitch of them all, maybe for different reasons to what everyone else thinks. But I think I think I'm. um a good bitch
1: I think so and we're going to get into bitch very soon because you've got something new going on speaking of wearing all black are you a fashion girl like you've worked at like New York Fashion Week like do you just love fashion
0: love fashion love
1: if you could wear any brand just one
0: queen all day all the time head to toe
1: Okay. Someone asked me that the other day and I thought it was like, I said Gucci and I just thought it was like the best question. I'm like, I'm going to incorporate this in everything. Cause it's just so interesting. You're a McQueen girl.
0: I'm a McQueen girl.
1: What is it like working New York fashion week? Like, is it absolutely insane?
0: It's insane. It's, it's high pressure, high stakes, um, exciting adrenaline rush. It's all the things that it should be. And you're exhausted at the end of it and it's totally worth every second.
1: What about who do you think has like the best hair in Bravo? Like who are some of your favourites from a hair point of view? They could be past or present.
0: I have no idea. I don't pay any attention. I know that sounds awful. I, when I see it and it's not good, I'm all about it.
1: You could spot <laughs> it.
0: When it's not good. I'm all about why that. Why did a producer let them sit in front of the camera like that? Or what is the team thinking when it's great? I I don't pay as much attention.
1: I swear to you, I think they go out of their way with the confessional looks to try to make these women look just bad. The <laughs> hair. What about because like I know you were on like Watch What Happens with Lisa Rinna. Like what about like a Rinna that has like when someone has like the same haircut forever do you like that
0: i mean look at me people give me a hard time all the time i feel like my hair changes i know it always looks the same but it's also the texture of my hair just is the same it's varying shades of blonde so sometimes it's i was just pink though but sometimes it's a little you know more golden sometimes it's a little ashier. So it feels like it changes for me, but other people are always like, oh, my God, why don't you change your hair, right? Have to put the two cents worth in. Um, Sometimes classic and iconic just works. Did we tell Marilyn Monroe to change her hair? No, we didn't. We left her alone. Just let her be.
1: I'm all for it. And I think yours with pink is a good thing. I like it. I
0: enjoyed the pink. It was fun.
1: I like it. Who cuts your hair?
0: Well, (laughs) pandemic, (laughs) it's been Tabitha. I've been going, sitting in the styling chair of Tabitha Coffee, which has not been a good time at all. That's got to be hard. But I've been, listen, it's one of the great things about being in my industry. I know so many amazing and talented hairdressers, so.
1: You can just call them over to give you a kind
0: I just call. Sometimes we do house calls. Sometimes I go to the salon, it just depends on how I'm feeling.
1: What about, because you've met so many celebrities through your work, like who are, like who's one or two like celebrities that were just so much nicer than you expected and vice versa, someone you just met where you're like, you are a totally nasty human being.
0: Um, Joan Rivers, stand out for me, like stand out. She was so amazing and so gracious and so kind, and probably not what everyone would think because she's so cutting and snarky in her humor. I loved meeting her. I'm so honored and grateful that I had that opportunity to meet her. That was amazing. Angelica Houston was fantastic. Um I didn't actually meet any shitty ones I have to well I did but I'm not going to say who they are they're just kind of ego driven dicks but honestly most most I was so excited when I met a celebrity especially like Angelica Houston knew who I was that's so bizarre to me that you watch me and know who I am um and there are so many others that would be weird like oh my god Lisa Kudrow knows knows me. That's weird.
1: Did Joan Rivers know who you were? I've I've met her too. She's literally salt of the earth.
0: Yeah, she did, and she was. I worked with her a couple of times, um, on Fashion Police, but also when she when she had in bed with Joan, so that was filmed in her house. Yeah. So I got to go to her house and then did Fashion Police a few times, and she was um yeah she was. Just such a good, amazing woman.
1: Well, what about you were on the Tyra Banks show? She was nice to
0: you. No, not necessarily. No, but you know she didn't really interact with anyone.
1: That's the rumor that. That's yeah, the... she didn't
0: really. She wasn't. She wasn't a big interactor.
1: Let's talk about. Well, I mean, that's the right re- let Let's. That's her reputation. Let's talk about your new project bitch camp tell me i mean i I hear the word bitch camp and tabitha coffee and i'm like i'd like Mm -hmm. to be first in line like i would like to be like at the front i would love to have you this is so tell me all about this
0: i'm really excited and honestly i've been working on this forever probably my whole life but really working on it for over a year um to refine it and do the research and get all the pieces in place for it. But it's an interactive six week class. So it's blended learning, it's online, it's online learning with group sessions, with interactive workbooks and quizzes and social media. Um, there's a community feature. So it's really about getting to know each other, but supporting each other through it, which is really important to me as well. And then super hands-on with me. I'll be there every step of the way with my camp counsellors there as well. And it's, for me, especially because I was called a bitch, not just because I was on TV. I mean, it's definitely something that I've been called a few times in my life. Um, But when... I was on TV and people felt okay shouting through a grocery store, you're that bitch on TV, or oh my God, you're that bitch. It actually was really, um, I know everyone thinks I'm really tough and I am, but it really hurt my feelings. And it really made me like take a stand back and, and look in the mirror and say, why am I feeling really self-conscious is this what television's all about like is this what happens when you're on TV that people just get to make these judgments and kind of do these things about you and what I realized was that I was dealing with everyone else's expectation of me not my own expectation and not true to who I am as a person and that's what calling a bitch or calling someone a bitch really does to them. It's not about the person they're saying it to. It's about them because you're not behaving the way they think you should behave or saying what they think you should say or doing what they think you should do. And as I've established, I hate being put in a box and I really want this class to be empowering for people to be able to reclaim that word and the meaning, my acronym for bitch is brave, intelligent, tenacious, creative and honest. And that is I think what we all aspire to be and to do that and show up and be really, really authentic. And it is about reclaiming the word and it's about redefining it and reclaiming our power in that so that we're not limited by the expectations other people are putting on us and we're watering ourselves down so it's six weeks deep dive interactive really supportive about how you can be a brave independent tenacious creative and honest individual
1: what type of people like what's your target like is there a specific target audience you're going after or like, do you think it's going to be mostly men women all of the above
0: I mean, I feel like it's all of the above. I I feel like it's whatever we all need to take a look in the mirror, right? Like all of us at some point, sometimes many, many times we need to take a look in the mirror and get really honest about what we're doing and, and how we're showing up and are we achieving what we want? And I think we all need to be a little braver in life. And part of that bravery is looking at the things that are not working in your life and how can we rework it and refine it and redefine it. So anyone can come to Bitch Camp and get something from it if you want to do to do the work. So I'm really not targeting a specific demo. I'm targeting people that want to feel empowered and take charge of their life and own it and really step in to their authenticity.
1: I mean, I think especially with COVID, like if you're not taking a look now and, and saying, you know, you know, yes, well, on social media and all this, but like if you're not living an authentic life behind the scenes, then I don't know what you are waiting for. Because, right, this is like a wake up call of what we've been living in for the past almost yeah, two years.
0: I, I've been, I've been working on bitch camp for a really long time, and I've done live versions of bitch camp. So. Yeah. I've wanted to expand it and give it a home, give it a virtual home where I I can reach more people, but I wanted it to be in a really interactive way. And COVID helped me to really do a lot more research and, and find the right platform and get the support that I needed to make sure that this could happen. But I agree if we're not, Anyone that isn't coming out of everything we've been through and and taking a look at themselves and doing that mirror moment and reflecting and saying, okay, um, what isn't working? Where do I need to be unapologetically authentic and honest with myself and everyone else? How How can I live better quality and get real about it? Then you should be. Yeah, this experience—if it taught us nothing else—it's time. It's time to find some joy in our life, but also that authenticity. Yeah, get off that like wheel that we all get on. Yeah.
1: Yes, and yes. Is there a part of the business you like? You know, because look, you've done this. Like you said, like you've done TED talks. Like you've traveled around and done speeches. You've written books. You are a reality TV star. You're a hair god. Like, is there something you like the best? You know, you've give advice, business advice to all these businesses. Like, you know, you once said, I think teaching is one of the things you like. Like, is there something you like the best out of all these things you do?
0: I love, which I guess this is teaching. I guess Bitch Camp is teaching as well. I love giving people the tools to open up their mind, see their potential and what's possible for them and help them to feel empowered. I'm just, I'm so passionate about it, whether that was going into people's business and taking over and showing them a better way to do it and empowering them to then take the next step or bitch camp is everything for me. It is just to give people the tools to empower themselves and move forward and redefine their life and reclaim the meaning of that word, but also reclaim their power. That's what really lights me up. I just, I, I love sharing the knowledge I have, the skill I have, um, the learnings that I have and the screw ups that I've had. I don't mind talking about that. I don't mind talking about the things that haven't worked and how I overcame those and changed those around to be able to move forward and to be stronger and to be more honest and authentic. What's something major
1: that didn't work for you
0: on your journey in life? I (laughs) many, so many things, there has been a lot of adversity that I don't always talk about. Um, because no one asked me, which is fine, but there has been like every other human on the planet, there has been adversity that I've had to overcome to get me to where I am now. And I think we don't talk about that enough, especially from an empowered place because people think, oh, it was just all easy. Oh, you just got on TV and it was easy. Or, you know, you just come out and it's easy or you just do this and it's easy without realizing all the steps to get people there and for someone that's feeling i can't do it or they just got lucky or i don't have that talent yes you do you have a different talent and you have a different strength and a different quality but you can still empower yourself and get out of your own way and be a bitch in the best sense of the word
1: and i think that's a huge problem with social media too like you look at these lives and you're like you think everyone's living and like you said it's easy for everyone whether they're on tv or not and you're like it's not you're like it doesn't work that way yeah what about from a single uh, considering i'm a single gay man which i am you've been with your partner for many many years tell me tabitha what is this like what give me some advice over here girl i mean. What is the secret to a 25-year love story? I mean, you know, I, I, I take responsibility. I mean, I get it. I've had, you know, I've had many, I have many coming to Jesus moments. I'm not one of those like, woe is me and I can't find, no. I mean, it, it's, it's on me basically. It's mostly on me, but what's the secret?
0: Compromise, commitment. Um, It's work. Right. I think any anyone that's been in a relationship for a long time tells you that it's work in the beginning when it which seems like a million years ago, especially 25 years, like when it's butterflies and, you know, you can't eat because you're so in love and all of that kind of stuff that fades. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. And it turns into something else. So if you're constantly looking for that endorphin hit of butterflies, you're not going to get it all the time when you're five years in or 10 years in or 20 years in. You'll get it, but not as frequently. So you have to. I think it's it's wanting to be a partner with someone or feeling aligned with that partnership. And for me, I've felt like it's important to grow together. You know, our lives are not the same today as when we first met for many different reasons. But you have to want to grow with that person and kind of grow in tandem, but also in in your own separate ways, so that you still are individuals, but you still want to be together. That makes sense. Well, you know,
1: I'm just across the river. So if you see any cute Jersey, listen, nothing wrong with it. Please do look, I mean this, especially with bitch, bitch camp, you know, you're helping people once again. So from where I'm sitting, you know, you're taking over salons and businesses and helping people. Bitch camp is helping people. Tabitha. I just think, you know, you are misunderstood you know I these people that right
0: I like am. i think i misunderstood i think people just you know judge a book by the cover all of those clichés that we use i sometimes am misunderstood i think people have gotten to know me which is really helpful and they see there are all these different sides to me um maybe we'll have to do a new show and show the 5.0 version of tabitha coffee I think so. And no, it's not The Housewives. (laughs) I'm going to, listen,
1: it's going to be our gay housewife show and that's going to go somewhere. Anything else you want to cover before we say goodbye? I feel like I have my own agenda. What else do you want to share with us? I feel like I always want to give people a chance at the end to share what they would like.
0: Um, I would love everyone to check out Bitch Camp and I love that everyone still watches Tabitha. It's amazing. I still get all these messages. So thank you, Bravo, for the repeats. Thank you, YouTube, wherever it is in the world. I love it.
1: Do you want, if it, the right opportunity came along, not Housewives, that Bravo came calling with another idea of a show? Are you, are you, is your phone on? I would love
0: to do another show. I, I would, I would love it. I'm ready. I wasn't ready for a really long time, I had a little PTSD. I'm not going to lie. There was a little PTSD going on. Um, When I walked away, I walked away. So I'm over that. I've changed as a person. I've grown a lot. I've got so much to say and share. So I would love another show, but it would be different. It really would, I know I joke about it, but it would be the 5.0 version because we've skipped over the 2.0 version now. And we, and I think everyone's ready for something different.
1: What was your PTSD? Like you just thought cameras were following or people were watching you? I, I've talked to other people that oh, have said sorry. that. I
0: would wake up, like honestly, sometimes in because I would film, it would take like six, seven, eight months sometimes to make my show. It's a long time with having cameras every day, yeah. really long hours. I would wake up in the middle of the night and feel like people were watching me. People were listening to me. There was definitely some of that. And I also found for me that there was a lot. I was running a business. I was active in my hairdressing community. I was busy on Bravo, all really great things. But I also wasn't living life anymore. I stepped away from my relationship because I was on the road all the time. So I wasn't putting the time into my friendships and my family and my partner and all the things that I wanted to. And I just really needed to like step back and contain it again. Um, And I also didn't want to, I had changed as a person and I didn't want to become a caricature of myself. That was a really big thing for me. You know, like I, as I grew, I wanted things to grow. Obviously, when you're on TV, sometimes everyone wants to keep you the same because it's comfortable and they know what you can do and why I, why change it if it works. So that's where the PTSD came. But I'm ready.
1: Well, good for you for not wanting to become a character of yourself because I think most people do. And, well, maybe bitch camp could be maybe that's your 5.0 version instead of taking over. I mean, because bitch camp to me instead of taking over salons, like you're taking over you're taking people. Over
0: people. And yeah. It. And that's what I've been doing for the past seven years. I mean, with stepping away from TV, leaving, working actively on clients every day, um, I have all these other certifications that I have and modalities that I've learned and education that I've gone. And I went back to school and I've done all these other things. And that is really yes i want to help people run their business but if you don't run your life properly you're not going to run your business properly yeah you have to get your shit together in your life first and then you'll be better at your job and pursue your career and have greater relationships and do all of those things so totally
1: where can everyone find you online so they can register for this on instagram or anywhere else
0: so bitch camp is launching at the end of may camp opens in june but you can follow me so tab with coffee instagram facebook my website and i will direct you to bitch camp i can't wait you might
1: just see me there you might just see me there
0: i would love it i'll send you an invite
1: please do You have been amazing. I really appreciate this. You're busy, got a lot going on, but you know, I interview a lot of people and sometimes I'm like, this one is personal. So thank you. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I promise if you go on the road with Bitch Camp or anything like that, when the world opens, I'm not going to show up at every hotel you're at every day for three weeks or two weeks or whatever. Just one or
0: two, just here or there.
1: I will wave to you from across the street. How's that, Tabitha? Keep in touch, really. You're amazing. So I really appreciate it. I will. Hopefully you had a good time.
0: I did. I had a great time.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good day and everyone will follow you.
0: Okay.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...